Welcome to Fireside Breakdowns. I'm John. And I'm Robin. On this show, we break down some of the most controversial, complex, and even polarizing topics facing our society. We use honest, good faith analysis, backed by research, to form our conclusions. We promise to skew our bias toward what can be factually supported, and to make it clear when we're giving you our opinion versus speaking about actual research. We're human, we have blind spots and biases, and they will show up sometimes. But the goal of this show isn't to convince you to see things our way. We want to give everyone a foundational understanding of these complicated topics and present the most truthful information available so that we can discuss and address these issues in a thoughtful and beneficial way. We talk about some pretty heavy stuff on this show, and we tackle topics that might feel polarizing. But we do that because we have an important goal in mind. We want to change the way people have hard conversations. And we think we can do that using research and discussion to create common understanding. And since you're here, we hope you want the same thing. So we suggest getting comfortable and maybe having a good drink on hand as we work through this stuff. Welcome to our fireside. talking about what are we talking about intro okay. intro 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 so one of the episode formats that we wanted to do here in the 2023 is something that we're calling headlines potpourri or headlines grab bag or some weeks maybe headlines crap bag um where we just kind of go through the headlines for the last week and talk about the stuff that we feel like is really important something that we might be able to add some insight to or even stories that we think maybe aren't going to catch mainstream attention, but they're important. So that's what we're doing today. I think we've got four, maybe five. We've got several. We've got like the big ones and then we've got yeah. um, some, a few like rapid fire ones near the end that yeah. we're, uh, we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to, we, we have to talk, we have to talk about the Kevin McCarthy Speaker oh of the House debacle that happened it was my last week. Favorite soap opera last week. It was very popcorn worthy. Normally, we don't like talk. We don't always talk about like the big. Everybody's talking about this headlines, but we just couldn't not. We just couldn't not. People, it's too good. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're definitely hitting that. And then we're also going to talk about um, some more. <laughs> representative drama with George Santos. Um, We're going to talk about um, some stuff happening on the border, uh, some legislation that's changed, and then some dueling headlines about layoffs and uh, job growth. And then we're going to wrap it up with a uh, a flashback to January 6th, but this time Brazilian edition. Um, and we've got some good news at the end. There's also a headline because this is all headlines all the time. This right is now. all headlines. But yeah. it's super, super good, good news. It makes me very happy. Um, and then if if you are one of our Patreon supporters, you get a final conversation. I'm going to give you a little a little tantalizing tease about that. Um, it's it's got something to do with your toilet. Yeah, it's proof that I can't I can't be left alone with an episode outline these days. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into the 
potty humor. Um, we're gonna <laughs> let's get into these headlines. Uh, yes. Keep this one, you know, tight and and efficient. Yes, uh, the way that we have it laid out is that like we have the actual headline. And then um, if you do visit firesidebreakdowns.com, where we keep all of our show notes, you'll also see links to the article from whence the headline came and then any supporting articles that we uh, that we used in this block. They're not cited in APA format this time um, Some of them because are. this is from the headlines. We're keeping it casual around here. Um, okay. Yeah, but casual. As casual as we get. Um <laughs> Still citing so, yeah, all of our sources yeah. meticulously. Ah, generally. Okay. So the first headline, do you want to take this? You should. Yeah. Take it. The headline is uh, McCarthy loses 10th speaker vote. Despite concessions, Kevin McCarthy has failed to win over Republican hardliners, leaving his bid for speakership to fail repeatedly over three days of voting. The chamber cannot act on any other business until a speaker is chosen. Uh, which tells you when we started working on this headlines episode. It's true. However, we're not going to leave it at there. We did update it because we did. He uh, he actually lost 14, 14 speaker votes. It wasn't until the 15th vote that Republicans finally elected McCarthy to the speakership. They broke a 100 year old record and Honestly, it wasn't really one we should be celebrating because 100 mm -hmm. years ago, in 1923, it took nine votes to get the new speaker. And um, I don't know. Was it worth it, Robin? Do you think it was worth it? Do you think it was worth all that drama? Yeah. No. Um, no, I don't. Um, they I mean, yes and no. Right. So from a spectator's perspective, it was hilarious to watch. Um, it feels like the videos that you see from other countries and their houses of parliament where people are just like railing and yelling at each other. Um, they were all acting like teenagers, like screaming and yelling during the uh, yay and nay votes to adjourn and um, like trying to block out the other group in their vote. Um, there was almost a fist fight on the floor. <laughs> Between representatives and then Matt Gates voted for Donald Trump a lot of times. Yeah. A lot so of times. About that. The Speaker of the House, very important position, third in line for the mm -hmm. presidency. Mm -hmm. So if the president goes down, the vice president goes down, it becomes the speaker. Like that's that that's who the president is. Does not have to be an elected member of Congress. Does not no. have to be in the House. Doesn't have to be in the Senate. Nothing. It can be nope. literally anybody. Anybody who gets a majority of the people, or a majority of the votes of the people who are present to vote. Yeah. And so, yeah, Matt Gates nominated and voted for Donald Trump. And I think Trump Jr., Donald Jr. got a vote in there somewhere. I don't oh, know. Oh, I'm sure. There was chaos mode. It, it, it absolute. It was chaos mode. Clown show. Um, <sighs> to sum it all up. What happened? If you haven't, if, if, if what we're talking about doesn't mean anything to you, here's the nice little, I'm going to put a bow on it. Mm -hmm. The Republicans had a historically bad midterm, all things considered and taken into account. They were positioned to take over Congress in both the House and the Senate. Instead, they lost a seat in the Senate and barely eked out a four seat majority in the House. Four is not a lot. Not when there's 
435, 438, somewhere in there. Yeah. I think it's somewhere between 432 and 438. Yeah. It's in that um, range. Well, it's 213 and 222, so it's 435. 35. Nailed it. That's how you do math. Um, representatives in the House this year, having four, having four is not a very big majority. It's a very mm-hmm. small one. Um, and so for clarity, when we say four-seat majority, um, we mean that the Republicans only hold four more seats than the midpoint of 218 votes. So they can only afford to lose four votes to the Democrats on any particular vote that requires the majority. Um, so if they lose five Republicans, if five Republicans choose not to vote even, mm-hmm. um, but they're present, then anything requiring the majority vote will fail. Yeah. Um, now, that said, I think if they vote present, it actually lowers the threshold. Yeah. If I understand how things work. It lowers so they the can't majority threshold. Present. Yeah. If they refuse to vote, but they don't vote present, regardless, it's, it's a whole they can't thing. lose a lot of people on the vote. Right. Right. And, and again, like having a majority at all is a big deal as long as the group that has a majority votes as a party. Right. They're going to be able to do essentially whatever they want, because most of the legislation that goes through the House of Representatives is simple majority vote. Um, but as this multi-day long and very painful battle for the speakership showed us, uh, this Congress's Republicans don't vote as a unit. They're barely even friends most of the time. Um, In particular, the House Freedom Caucus, a.k.a. the most ultra far right extremist groups in the Republican Party, um, is making its presence known in the early days of this Congress, mostly by causing this entire kerfuffle and nominating a bunch of people who are loyal to their perspective and voting for irrelevant people and making it very difficult for uh, Mr. McCarthy to actually earn the speakership. They are why it took 15 votes, 15 votes to actually attain the speakership. And in doing that, they kind of gave us a preview of what we can expect out of them for the entire term of this Congress. Yeah, I'll sum that up. Um, We can expect a very weak House speaker, (laughs) legislation (laughs) that is continually bogged down uh, and pushed very far right to appease the final holdouts and um, and general dysfunction on the House floor. Um, One of the concessions that McCarthy had to make means that any single member can motion to remove McCarthy from the speakership, from that role. So they can basically vote to, to they can basically say, I'm, I, I think you're doing a, a shit job. We need yep. a new speaker. Let's run this whole play again. And, um, and yeah, that's not great. So if he does anything anybody dislikes, well, it's time to pull him up and, and call the roll and see if he still has the majority. And there's every possibility that a week from now, yeah, uh, we could see, another vote for speaker and it still requires a majority so given that he can't lose given that given that he can't lose more than four votes rather we might see another 10 or 15 or 24 or 20 vote like session or several days before he's reelected and every time that happens the house has to take care of that before they can do anything else yeah and and like i don't know 
Um, if you, dear listener or viewer on YouTube, watched any of the votes, but those votes are excruciating. There's time for everyone to make their nominations and give a little stump speech. And then the clerk reads every single representative's name and notes their vote and repeats their vote and they go through everyone. And then the folks who weren't present the first time get a chance. And then they wait some time for people to come up to the lectern. And then they count the votes. Like this is not just an everybody pull out your phone and let us know who you're voting for moment. These are very procedural, very uh, significant processes that could completely hamstring any legislative agenda throughout the entire term of this Congress. Um, For example, (laughs) chances are we're going to see a knockdown drag out battle over the budget later this year. The Senate, where the Democrats hold a one-seat majority, will have to win nine Republican votes for every piece of legislation that they send over to the House, including their budget stuff. Um, Because remember, they need 60 votes to overcome a filibuster, since every piece of legislation can effectively be filibustered by a Republican simply by saying, I'm going to filibuster. Um, We do have a a whole episode on that. Um, And that means that every piece of legislation effectively needs a near supermajority to pass instead of a simple majority. Since the budget will generally be moderate and therefore it will be too far left for the House Freedom Caucus, they can then simply wield their power to force the government to shut down. This is, of course, assuming that any particular piece of legislation comes down to a party line vote. Um, If something is moderate enough, then the calculus changes a little bit. A lot of things that go through that are very practical are moderate enough. Um, But McCarthy and moderates in the House pass legislation that the Freedom Caucus doesn't like. Then we're back to McCarthy being called up and then trying to force him out. And we go through this whole process. Yeah. Basically, he's between a, a rock and a hard place for everything. And when it's time to increase the debt limit sometime in July, which it will come due, um, expect this group to cause problems. And if they cannot increase the debt limit or, or, or come to a resolution, um, that's probably going to lead to another hit to the U.S.'s credit rating, might lead to another shutdown. Um, it, great. <laughs> Even cool. if he has bipartisan support on, on, on must-pass legislation, whatever it is, um, his relying on Democrats to pass legislation could lead to him having to face down another round of votes. Um, so like <laughs> these hardliners could could force everybody or at least force McCarthy to be as extreme as they are or they'll just they'll just gridlock Congress. Um, and they they effectively can because remember that legislation has to pass through both chambers before it can be signed into law. So it has to pass through the House and the Senate. So if they so choose, they can basically just call up a vote for the Speaker over and over and over and over again. And if they have, you know, a justifiable reason and there's no rule that can stop them, and I don't really think that there is, uh, then that's all the House will be able to do is take that vote every time they want to slow something down. Yeah, it's, it's going to so. be a huge mess. I mean, we talked about it a little bit in our in our election recap episode, but the folks who sit toward the more moderate Republican line have a choice to make a lot of the times, 
in passing this legislation. They're going to have to either choose to not get anything accomplished or they're going to have to choose to align with people who are much further to the right than they are. So it'll be interesting to uh, to see. And then there's you've got McCarthy himself, who is not uncontroversial. Um, he has been outspoken in his railing against sending unlimited aid to Ukraine, for example. So will the United States continue to support the Ukrainians in their battle against Putin's invasion? Or will McCarthy pinch the supply off? The Speaker of the House has a lot of control. Yeah. Um, so I was talking about this earlier, and I think there's a beautiful, beautiful irony in the Freedom Caucus right now. <laughs> okay. And this is a great example of why people, and especially far right people, don't like unions <laughs> because. Because the the especially in this vote, those five and five or six like extreme members uh, <laughs> holdouts that were never McCarthy votes, um, they banded together to wield their collective mm -hmm. power to in, enact mm -hmm. change. Um, so basically, the Freedom Caucus has discovered the power of unionization, <laughs> and has, and has employed brilliant. it themselves. <laughs> I think it's a delicious irony. I think it should be uh, highlighted to them in any and all times. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear what uh, Miss Lauren Bobert has to say about that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, unfortunately, for those of us who are who are amused at it, amused by it right now, um, we are amused because uh, it's kind of out of our hands. So we can choose to be worried or we can at least laugh yeah. at the chaos. Um, yeah. There's not a lot the average American can do right now. So that's why we choose to laugh at it. But it is, it's not great moving forward. In short, batten down the hatches, America. <laughs> we, uh, we just saw a glimpse of the uncharted seas we're about to plunge into. And friends, there'll be troubled waters ahead. I love it. I love yeah. the pirate reference. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, good. But that brings us uh, brings us to our next headline. Okay. Okay. You want to read this headline? You want to yeah, this absolutely. One absolutely. I want to read that one. Uh, headline, George Santos arrived in D.C. this week. No one is more riled than New York's other gay congressman. Rep. Richie Torres, a Democrat, has quickly become an outspoken frontman in the chorus of criticism against incoming GOP representative-elect George Santos. Yes. And, and again, since they've been sworn in, we do need to say Representative George Santos. Um, if you have not heard about George Santos, I, I, we're actually not surprised, um, especially if your news sources tend to lean a little bit to the right. Again, we're not judging. We promise. It's just that kind of the core of this story seems to be a particular confluence of awkward and blind spots for uh, sources mm. in that zone. Um, You're being very generous. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there are some people who are like never going to have heard this story and it's not out of their own oh, particular. I'm bias, not talking but... about them. I'm talking about the sources that that you are oh. you are granting them. And this is yeah. awkward or a blind spot and not a specific thing that they are choosing to ignore. Right. Right. And it is like we'll be honest. And it completely is. But um, George Santos is a gay. We think. We think Republican he claims to be. And there's, 
Yeah, there's a reason right? that there's a question mark next to that. We're not trying to be bigots here. No, we are. We are not being shady, not even a little bit. And and you'll, I'll just keep going. Um, yeah, he's a Republican representative from New York who is entering his first term in the House of Representatives. He won voters over with a string of inspirational stories and contributed to the small Republican majority in the House of Representatives. Um, as uh, In fact, as a candidate, his views are pretty um, far right for a representative from New York and for a gay political candidate. Um, so, of course, the New York Times was like, this is this is really interesting. Let's do a profile on this guy because uh, that's that's makes for good news. And so they started to do a little bit of digging. And um, well, they, here's what they figured out. Yeah, it it appears that most of the stories and experiences that endeared Santos to his base during the election were, how to put this, um, bold-faced, bare-assed lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yeah. lied about attending a prestigious high school. He lied about his undergraduate degree and early employment. <laughs> he lied about starting and running an animal rescue charity. He lied about losing employees in the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting. And then he lied about being a proud American Jew and a descendant of Holocaust survivors. That one's, I mean, there's a lot of cringe. There's a lot of cringe, but that one's like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, not only that, but he is currently under investigation in the United States regarding his campaign finance expenditure reports. Um, in 2020, he reportedly earned about $55,000, very respectable. Um, but then in 2022, he managed to earn enough to lend his own campaign $700,000. And then he's also being investigated by Brazilian law enforcement because of a 2008 incident involving a stolen checkbook and a rash of fraudulent purchases there and that they put on hold because they couldn't find him in the country. But lo and behold, he's made himself very visible here in 2022 in the United States. I want to know. I want to know how I how I get a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar raise in two years. Listen, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'd be willing to break that in half and make it $325,000 a year for right? the next two years. Like, that's fine by me. Right? But dang. All right. Dang. Have you considered Still, selling weight loss tea? Maybe uh, that's what you, you did. Know what? Yeah. Detox okay. tea. Detox tea. Okay. <laughs> okay. He's an influencer. Yeah. yeah. I saw a comedian today. All right. I saw a not, I didn't see him. I saw a clip of him on Instagram reel. Uh, and he was like, it's funny how they changed the name snake to essential and people suddenly started buying the oil again. So that's great. That's yeah. Great. Anyway, Anywho. still, still like we say, we say that he lied about these things. Like these are as far as you can prove a negative people have, have proven that these things are not true. Right. We cannot find evidence to support any of these claims and can, in fact, find evidence that really make them questionable. Right. The college he said that he graduated from says, no, we don't have any record of his attendance. Yeah. Still, 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 he sat next to Matt Gates and was sworn in as a representative of New York on Saturday morning. His response to this controversy has been, eh, 
I embellished my resume a bit. Everybody does it. Right? Like, mm, no, no. We change a verb or two here or there. We like, yeah. no, it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but we are savorers of pettiness uh, on this podcast. It's so much. It's a flaw. Okay. It's a flaw. We're human. Deal with it. Um, and in a grand uh, gesture of extreme pettiness, um, Representative Richie Torres, also Torres, 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 because uh, I can't not roll my R's when I see uh, Torres. <laughs> um, he's also a gay representative from New York and has introduced the Stop Another Non-Truthful Office Seeker Act. Um, Robin, what is that? Is that, a, the, is that an acronym? Is that an acrostic? Yeah, that's that's the Santos Act. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, the Santos yeah. Act. Uh-huh. Yeah, it would, it would require candidates to disclose their employment, education, and military histories under oath, thereby making it a crime if they lie. Mm-hmm. Or at least an impeachable offense that would get them kicked out of office. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, and like, so none of the articles that we were finding have any sort of predictions about what's going to happen with George Santos. Um, I mean, I don't even know if I have a prediction. Do I think that he's going to get ousted and they'll have to elect a new representative? I don't even think I do. I don't even think I do. I don't know. I I feel like it's more likely that he'll face re-election in a couple years and Mm -hmm. lose. That's, I think that's more likely. Yeah. Um, uh, or, who knows, maybe some Brazilian cops are going to roll up and take him away in handcuffs for 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 uh, checkbook fraud or, or yeah. theft. I mean, I guess um, I'll acknowledge I don't know a whole lot about campaign finance law um, and whether or not, like, if he was found to have violated some campaign finance law, whether or not that's criminal charges or civil charges or um, yeah, whether you get removed from office for that, like... It would really depend on what the violation was. Like if it was if it was like money laundering, an actual crime, then yeah, that's also finance fraud. But if it were just, you know, he donated more money than he was supposed to or didn't claim everything exactly correctly, I'm, I think it's probably more likely a fine. Yeah. Um, we'll see or we'll won't. See. Or we won't. Or, we, or it'll never come up again. Yeah. Well, we it'll come up again. It'll come up on his next campaign. Guaranteed. Yeah. His opponent would be dumb not to leverage that. So yes. we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's enough about that. Just wild, silly, Just crazy. So wild. Case. Yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the border. Let's okay. talk about the border. Okay, um, this one's a little more serious. The headline mm-hmm. here is Biden toughens border, offers legal path for thirty thousand a month. So in yet another move that puts uh, puts a lie to Republican claims that we just have a wildly open border that the Biden administration isn't doing anything about, um, with everybody just kind of flooding across all willy-nilly, President Biden announced Thursday that the U.S. would immediately begin to turn away Cubans, Haitians, and Nicaraguans who cross the border from Mexico illegally. Now, this is after he expanded rules in October to stem the flow of Venezuelans into the United States. 
Um, and while making the announcements, he exhorted would-be immigrants to apply legally from where they were, which is something that is easier said than done for many of them. Right. Uh, for the next two years, the United States will only accept 30,000 people per month from the four nations. Again, that's not a small number of people. Like That's, that's 360,000 people per year. I'll do that right. quick math for you. Exactly. Um, provided that they have come legally and have eligible sponsors, they pass the vetting and background checks, and they have the ability to work. Um, if you compare this to the 86,286 migrants that were stopped from those four countries in November alone, the enormity of that restriction is pretty obvious. It's yeah, going to stem the to tide. One. Yeah. Cutting it down to one third. Yeah. Um, now, there's a lot of reasons that that these people are allowed into the United States that have to do with immigration law, that have to do with, excuse me, that have to do with um, asylum laws and mm -hmm. refugee laws and how backed up our immigration courts are. Um, I think there's a two million or so case backlog in immigration yeah. cases. Um which has a lot to do with those courts being intentionally, uh, those positions being intentionally not filled and, and, you know, trying to create a backlog. And that's the story for another time. Um, suffice it to say, there's a perception that might be supported that there was an intentional effort to make the immigration process harder, more convoluted, and less uh, efficient than it should be. Mm -hmm. um, and that has caused massive problems. It's always been, it's always been an ordeal. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I'm not going to get into conspiracy area, but <laughs> not great. Um, so yeah, it's very, it's a very long and arduous process to, to, to immigrate here, especially as a, as an, uh, a refugee or an asylum seeker. Right. Um, and it, in a point of, I'm not going to call it concession, um, because I don't think it's that's an accurate word. Um, attempts to enter the United States did exceed 2.38 million in the 2022 fiscal year, the fiscal year that ended last September, um, and that is that is the first time it has ever topped two million in a fiscal mm -hmm. year. However. <laughs> caveat however comma um that that fails to take into consideration this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy that um there was a repeated claim that the border under joe biden would be uh would be more porous and that immigration would be easier and so that encouraged people to come um and they started applying for asylum and 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 crossing the border in mass before there was ever really any significant change. And like, we still have some pretty huge restrictions like title 42, which the Supreme court allowed to stand, which was enacted during COVID to, pre to allegedly prevent this, the spread of, of COVID in the United States. Um, so immigrants can be denied entry for health reasons, uh, health considerations. Um, so there, and, and like I said, we're continuing to restrict, people across the border so while there are more numbers 
gross that applied for it, the conditions that these people are facing and the, and the chances that they think they have also changed. Um, and honestly, nothing Biden does by himself will be able to solve the entire problem. He can say we're changing this rule or we're going to enact this rule, but the problem, like so many in America, is systemic and it will require um, con congressional action for there to be any sort of major long-lasting improvement on the border and not just the border, but the immigration process as a whole. Yeah. And it, uh, it's just, yeah. it's not like we, one of the things that really frustrates me about these conversations is that we treat it like it is a legislation only issue. Um, but that's a very like um, self-centering perspective, right? We yeah. assume that anybody who is interested in immigrating to the United States will have an understanding of our legislative system and how it works yeah. when like the, the conversation around this new restriction and these new processes is, well, they can download an app. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, it is just such a short-sighted perspective on the conditions that many of these people are coming from and the understanding that they have of their own legal systems, let alone our own and the countries that they're passing through. One of the, um, the restrictions is that you have to have applied for aid kind of along the process. That was part of this conversation. Yeah, you have to apply for asylum in the countries that you transit in, on yeah. your way to the United States, which... Again, like, <sighs> if you think that every single country has its own asylum process, being able to navigate even one, let alone three or four, if you're migrating on foot, um, like, it, that's just not feasible and... You know, part of me wants to say, oh, people just don't understand. But then there is a big part of me that says people do understand. And that's why those systems are in place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. It, it's the same thing as when there were the, the literacy tests at polls or requiring voter IDs, but then restricting the possibility of getting an ID or restricting right. which IDs qualify or saying, yeah, you can totally vote, but we're only going to put one voting location in your district. And by mm -hmm. the way, it's going to be on the other side of your district in one of the most densely populated parts of the city. And there's not going to be any parking or if there is parking, it's gonna be just putting obstacle after obstacle after right. obstacle in the way of the people attempting to exercise their rights to discourage it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, again, you know, call me a socialist because uh, I am mostly a socialist. Um, I think we have to overhaul our perspective on immigration for us to be able to pass any sort of meaningful and effective legislative process yeah. that considers the people who need to go through the process, not the people who need to administrate the process. And that is my soapbox. I mean, immigration as a as a whole needs a its own like social media campaign to like illustrate the benefits of immigration to the United States, to our culture, to the world. Um, right. Because right now, the propaganda campaign about how they're sending their rapists, their murderers, and all that other racist bullshit, yes, is winning because it's the loudest propaganda in the room. Yeah. Um, did I did I mention, you know, if you're out there and you are 
an immigrants' rights um, organization and you would like some help with that, it, it would be my honor to help you <laughs> try to cut through some of that noise and create some better propaganda. Um, just because I, I get so frustrated. Messaging working. campaign. Yeah, I get so frustrated working in communications and seeing how effectively we can influence people to buy a particular beer or brand of underwear. Um, But we cannot tell the overwhelmingly um, compassion driving stories of the people who are trying to migrate to the United States effectively. Like, it's just it's infuriating. Yeah. Think of the children, except for my migrant children. That's the one that gets me. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So given what we've already talked about with right. uh, respect to how our legislative body is working uh, right now, not holding my breath for major legislative change. And like you said, let alone any societal change or societal shift in the understanding of, of immigration. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's just it's not worth it. It's, it's not. It's not, not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, let's 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 move on. Let's roll on. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, we have uh, some compete. I think it's my turn, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, we've got some competing headlines actually that we wanna we wanna talk about because yes. uh, it's fun. The first one is that layoffs are sweeping corporate America to kick off 2023. Fresh job cuts are in the works already this year at Amazon, Salesforce, Goldman Sachs, and Vimeo. And then the second headline is weekly jobless claims fall to lowest level since <laughs> September. Uh, yeah. So what's going on? What in the world? Yeah, I mean, we, we have seen some absolutely massive layoffs from heavy hitters in the tech industry over the last several months. 11,000 at Meta, 7,500 at Twitter, 18,000 at Amazon. Companies like Salesforce and Vimeo and Stitch Fix um, are cutting their headcount by at least 10%. And there's a a website out there called um, layoffs.fyi. It's a data tracking website that shows that tech companies laid off more than 153,000 workers last year. Um, The employment firm Challenger Gray and Christmas, (laughs) that's cheerful, indicates that number is a little bit closer to 97,000. But either way, that's not an insignificant number of people who lost their jobs in 2022 and early 2023. Yeah. Now, at the same time, we're seeing reports that tell us that more than 230,000 jobs were added in December and that fewer people are applying for unemployment benefits. That growth is driven by consumer-facing industries like hospitalities, restaurants and hotels, and small and medium-sized businesses. In fact, businesses with more than 500 employees cut 151,000 jobs in December. Yeah. So it might seem like these two headlines and the reports that they're referencing are telling contradicting stories. Uh, But here's the thing to remember about headlines like these. And the reason that we even wanted to bring these up in the first place, there's always more to these stories than meets the eye. Yeah. Um, Go for it. The first thing I think about when I see these headlines are that Sure, layoffs are sweeping corporate America, but it's in a very limited subset of industry. We're talking about tech jobs mm-hmm. uh, by and large, and then some investment banking um, and, and there in Goldman Sachs. I'm assuming that that's, it's going to be in that part. Right. Um, but that 
the overall job growth in America with these small and medium-sized companies is far outpacing the layoffs that we're seeing. So if you just choose to focus on one side or the other, um, you're going to get a completely different view of what's happening in America. And I guarantee you that some sides of the news mm -hmm. spectrum are only focusing on the layoffs and yeah. saying that America's hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging jobs and that, you know, the work uh, outlook is bad and that other news sites are only going to talk about how many jobs were added um, from these other companies. But that's just like obviously not telling the whole story. Right. And I think this is another really good example, too, of how your information bubble affects how you interact with news like this, right? So being somebody who works in the tech space right now for my job, I see on my LinkedIn and in my connections, tons and tons of individual personal stories about these tech layoffs. Um, people that I know personally have been affected by the tech layoffs. And so I'm surrounded by this idea that the industry that I'm in that we're in is a little bit unsafe right now. And that, you know, what's going on with our economy, if these companies that were supposed to be the future of the American economy are cutting back and they're reducing. Um, but I know from the inside, that a lot of what's happening in these spaces is that these countries, these companies made big projections, because they did so well in 2021, and in early 2022. And they added way more headcount than they actually needed. And now they're having to cut back that headcount. And it looks like a huge reduction, but really, they bet on big growth, and it didn't pan out. Yeah, I would like to compare their overall like workforce from 2019 to right. 2022 and see where they stand. Because I would yeah. be willing to bet that by and large, there are more people, more employees uh, now than yes. there were pre-pandemic. Yeah. As, as a marketer, I had to have some really, really hard conversations with my clients. And thankfully, like we had those conversations um, early in the year when the tide started to turn and we started to see all the stuff happening with Ukraine and inflation started to rise. We had those hard conversations with our clients early this year. So none of our clients were really surprised by the fact that their 2022 numbers looked nothing like their 2021 numbers yeah. or their 2020 numbers. Um, we were directly comparing with 2019, for example. Um, but the average news consumer does not have that kind of insight on the market and isn't watching those trends in the same way. So it looks like we're being told two different stories by two different sides of a perspective. Somebody wants us yeah. to think the economy's great. Somebody wants us to think the economy's trash. It's both depending on where you are. Importantly, right. for the people who have been laid off in those industries, the addition of hospitality and customer-facing jobs does not help them. Yes. Because That's another big part of the story. Yeah. They don't pay. And the fact that these small and medium-sized businesses are the ones that are growing and the bigger businesses are the ones that are dropping off, it, there's a mismatch in skill set. Yeah. A lot of these people who are being laid off in tech are recruiters. They're people people. Their job is to mm -hmm. find the best talent and the most skilled people. And so they're the ones who are losing their jobs, right? Hopefully yeah. we can see a lot of that translate over into these small and medium businesses. 
Um, but even still, there may not be space in all of those for these people. Yeah. So I also, and maybe you have better insight on this than I do, but I kind of feel like including Twitter in this particular count of layoffs is disingenuous because of Elon Musk and his influence and like, I don't know that all of the layoffs there were motivated by need. No. Well, so here's the thing. Twitter did the same thing that Meta did, that Salesforce did, that Slack did, um, that Amazon did in 2020 and 2021. As things were getting really big, they beefed up. Now, could they support more people than they kept? They, I don't know. I haven't seen the financials. Um, they may be terrible. They may have been fine. Yeah. But they like I feel like it's safe to lump them in just because all of the companies in that space, my own company included, right? Like I work for a company that laid off. It, I mean, it was only eight people, but still but that's 10% for the company of our your workforce. Side, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, a huge cut. And, and it was because we saw the same thing happen. We saw big growth in 2020 and 2021 and in early 2022. And that growth didn't pan out. And our clients yeah. growth, because because we serve companies that are in this space, our clients growth didn't pan out. So is Elon Musk a terrible manager? Absolutely. But yeah, would they have still had to cut people even if it was still... Um, the former leadership of Twitter, I think it's fair to say that they probably would have had to cut some at least. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about our final headline for uh, for this side of things. Yeah. Uh, because it's spooky, honestly, in my opinion. Oh, man. Um, okay. Yeah. This headline it. is, Bolsonaro supporters storm Brazil's presidential palace, Congress, and Supreme Court. Ugh. Great. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to throw this one in because even though it's still developing, I mean, it's literally happening the day that we're recording this. Um, and that means that there's not a lot to talk about just yet necessarily, but there's a lot to talk about. Um, but basically on January 8th, Bolsonaro supporters stormed Brazil's presidential palace, Congress and Supreme Court buildings. It's right there in the headline. If you don't know what that means, allow me to sum it up. Back in October 2022, Brazil had a presidential election. In it, leftist candidate Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, a.k.a. Lula, defeated right-wing incumbent Jair Bolsonaro. After his victory, Lula said, as of January 1st, 2023, I will govern for 215 million Brazilians and not just for those who voted for me. There are not two Brazils. We are one country, one people, and one great nation. I like that quote. Hey, that's a great quote. Right? That's a great However, quote. yeah. However, Bolsonaro has spent the months after the election contesting the election results, calling for the election to an uh, the election authority to annul votes uh, that were cast using the nation's electric electronic voting machines and generally casting doubt on the results of the election. If Bolsonaro got his way or gets his way, he probably won't, um, the votes that were annulled would be sufficient for Bolsonaro to retain the presidency. He'd end up with something like 51% of the votes. 
I bring this up. We bring this up. And I use the specific quote about governing for all Americans because this is almost point for point exactly what happened after the 2020 elections in America Mm -hmm. when Biden made the promise to govern for all Americans, not just the ones that voted for him. Somebody has a loud muffler and just gotten the recording. Great. Um, (laughs) But it's just like, this is not, this is, in my opinion, this is not terribly surprising because uh, Bolsonaro uh, is is known to have been buddy-buddy with Trump. Yeah, exactly. Um, And all of that brings us to today, right? When uh, Bolsonaro supporters stormed the government offices of the highest authorities in the land trashed the offices of the Supreme Court, broke windows, and essentially rampaged through the symbols of Brazil's national lawmaking institutions. Um, Like, eh, it is grossly familiar. Like, it's not even eerily familiar. It is, like, deep in your gut, terrifyingly familiar. Yeah. It's it's awful. Um, But the good news is that unlike when Trump supporters did this, uh, well, mostly this two years ago on January 6th, 2021. One. Yes. Uh, The buildings were largely closed in Brazil, it being Sunday and all. So there were relatively few, if any, actual officials present in the building. um, And Brazil's military police were seen bringing the situation under control by Sunday evening. But still, still. Just it's this this is a perfect example and I think highlights the the pulpit that the American president has, because I I would challenge anybody to to make a convincing argument that this would have happened if Trump hadn't happened. And whereas I don't believe that the United States is the, you know, only important country that people outside the United States pay attention to. I do believe that the stories that happen in the United States, and particularly when the United States is faltering, mm-hmm. get broadcast globally, and people see that a lot. Um, and if, I mean, you don't get something that is point for point almost the exactly the same, almost exactly the same as what we experienced here in, in the U.S. Um, without without those things being broadcast and learned from and and attempted to be repeated. Yeah, I, I mean, no, are we the center of the universe? No, we're absolutely not. But are there so many eyes on us, especially because we have four? our entire existence said, everyone look at us. We're the way you should do things. Like, and to the extent that we have tried to recreate ourselves in, uh, in other parts of the world, our democratic system and our policies and our procedures, like we have to be accountable for our influence. I think. Yeah. Positive well, and negative. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the same as um, what we what we talked about with Joe Rogan. Like, if you have a platform, you have some responsibility that's granted to you by that platform. Yeah, and 
I, I don't know anybody who has a larger platform than the American president. I really yeah. don't. Hmm. You know who wants an, a larger platform? <laughs> it's us. <laughs> We're the ones. We'll take on the responsibility. You can help us b- grow that platform by going to firesidebreakdowns.com. We would love there, it. You can see all of our show notes. You can see. You can listen to all of our episodes. Um, and you can find links to uh, our social media accounts. You can also find links to um, our Patreon if you do, if you do find that link to our Patreon and you do click on that, um, you will see the opportunity yes. to be granted a world of bonus content and mm-hmm. extra stuff um, that only our supporters get. Occasionally, sometimes, rarely, we'll put that bonus content here in the main feed, but uh, very rarely, very rarely, because that's that's the good stuff that we save for the. <laughs> The members of the kiln, as we call it, which you would know, yeah, if you were uh, if you were a member of the Patreon, it's yeah. pretty cool. Is what I'm getting at, and you should probably check it out. Also, it really, yeah, it also really helps us do the job here. If mm-hmm. more people would go over there and and throw yeah. money at us, please, please, yeah, um, like pay for help. It helps us pay for help, so we can actually do more. It does. That's really why we want you to give us money, is so we can give you more stuff. Yeah. Um, if giving us money isn't on your to-do list, totally understand that. I would love it if you would go to whatever podcast listening device platform that you have and leave us a review. Give us five stars on Spotify. Just click the button. Uh, just click it. Just leave us uh, you know, a quick, these guys are fun to listen to and they tell me things that uh, make me feel like a more informed citizen um, without making me feel like a bad person for not knowing them. Right. Hopefully. Anything like that would be great. Uh, the more positive reviews we have, the more the algorithm uh, refers us to new listeners. The more new listeners we have, the more the algorithm refers us to even more and it just feeds on itself. And then hopefully we can make money and we can do this full time and bring you more content and yeah. more research and more fireside, which I know, right? I know you all want. Exactly. Because like our goal is not to get rich. Our goal is to just make you rich with knowledge. With knowledge. That's right. Man's greatest treasure yeah. is wit beyond measure or something it's like that. Fair. Ravenclaw. Um, <laughs> oh, that makes my Ravenclaw heart happy. <laughs> good. That is good news. You know what else is good news? The good news we're getting ready to the talk about. The good news about. we're getting ready to talk about. Boom. You want to know what that Double headline segue. is? Hmm. That yeah. headline is FDA approves drug for Alzheimer's treatment, uh, yeah. which makes me very happy, actually, yes. as a... As somebody who's who's who, I've had multiple family members um, oh, that yeah. have had Alzheimer's, and I am therefore concerned. Yeah, um, about that. Um, but basically, on January sixth, so two days ago, three days from when this pod came out, the FDA approved uh, Lakembi, a new medication approved to treat Alzheimer's disease um, that actually treats the disease itself and not just the symptoms of the disease. Um, so if, if you're unfamiliar with Alzheimer's, first of all, I'm happy for you. <laughs> um, it means you haven't had to learn about it. Um, 
It is a progressive brain disorder that slowly destroys memory and thinking skills and eventually renders those afflicted with it incapable of carrying out even simple tasks. It basically makes them effectively helpless. And at its worst, those who have it exist in a, in a frightening world that is filled with strangers and strange places and everything is, is unfamiliar. Um, we still don't know exactly what causes it, but it is characterized by changes in the brain. And one of those being the buildup of the uh, amyloid beta plaques um, and that results in the loss of neurons and their connections in the brain. And as those neurons are destroyed, so too goes the person's ability to think and remember. Your brain is basically just a bundle of billions of neurons. And basically, this, this, this shrinks your brain and makes you have less of it to do stuff with. It's terrifying and heartbreaking. So researchers who were working on the drug evaluated Lakembi's efficiency in a double-blind, placebo-controlled, parallel group dose-finding study of 856 patients with Alzheimer's disease. Basically, if those words don't mean anything to you, take from this, they did all the things to make yeah. sure that this was a good study. Uh, treatment was initiated in patients with mild cognitive impairment or mild dementia stage of the disease, and they confirmed the presence of amyloid beta pathology. So they made sure that these people had both the symptoms, the, the experiential symptoms, and the physical symptoms of the disease. Patients who received the treatment had significant dose and time-dependent reduction of amyloid beta plaques, with patients receiving the approved dose of Lakembi having a statistically significant reduction in braid amyloid plaque from baseline to week 79 compared to the placebo arm, which had no reduction of amyloid beta plaque. Again, this whole paragraph says, holy crap, they did everything right. Uh, it was a long study, and there was not even any overlap with the placebo group which yeah. really demonstrates the effectiveness of, of the medication here. Yeah, it's a very strong finding. Um, so all the stuff that makes your brain get shrunken, or at least some of the stuff that makes your brain shrink, because there's more, um, yeah. was reduced. So yeah. if you take this stuff, it flushes out that amyloid beta plaque. I'm oversimplifying there. Um, yes. Meaning that your Alzheimer's progresses slower or maybe even stops. There's... Again, there's a lot of, of question still about yeah. what exactly causes what with Alzheimer's, but it definitely helps. <laughs> now, I can't tell if this reverses the effects of Alzheimer's itself. My gut tells me that it doesn't because um, the destruction of the neurons is kind of what leads to the cognitive impairment as far as I understand it. Mm -hmm. um, now, now, this may stop more neurons from being destroyed, but it doesn't restore neurons, um, which by the way, if anything ever does that, it's a huge breakthrough because restoring brain tissue is like one of those holy grails that we haven't managed to crack quite yet. Yeah. Nerves grow very slow. Um, yeah. so the symptoms basically up to the point of treatment may persist at that level, but not get any worse. Maybe they get marginally better because the, the plaque isn't there doing what it does. I'm just not sure yet. 
Um, and I can't tell from the announcements that I read, research is still underway and there will need to be considerable evaluation of the side effects. Um, but this is, at least to my reading, a huge, huge step in combating this horrible disease. Oh my gosh, that's like insanely huge. And I'm going to go out and dig through that a little bit now. Um, because even though yeah. like I don't have anybody who has been personally affected by Alzheimer's in my family, but it is... Uh, something that I am terrified of. Um, there's an entire side of my medical history that is a complete black box to me. And so uh, this is like the one, one of the few diseases that I can think of that um, scares me the most. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 Me too. But hopefully by the time either of us have to worry about it, we have a way to treat it. Yeah. Ding. Ding. I hope. Yeah, it's That's been awesome. something that I've worried about since I was old enough to understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So on that bright note, the fact that we found something to treat it yeah, and not the huge. fact that we're terrified of it, we're going to go ahead and, and end it for uh, today. Thank you so much for listening to us. If you just got to hear more of us, you should seriously check out the Patreon because there'll be at least several more minutes of content over there. And um, it's good content today. It involves toilets, let me remind you. Super cool. Uh, however, until the next time you hear from us, thank you so much. Hope your 2023 is off to a fantastic start. And take care of each other. <laughs>